Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're doing well. So great to have you aboard here on If You Don't Like That. We're going to talk on the show today again about another huge double standard in sports. I've got a great Q&A from Crowd Ultra, And my rant is on a player that once again wasn't with his team last night. That's all coming up on today's podcast. And it's brought to you by New Works Plumbing. Locally owned in Sacramento for 20 years. Leak detection, waterline repair, bathroom plumbing. Newworks Plumbing is a full-service plumbing solution. No matter how small or how large your plumbing problem, they've got a fix for you. And they're expert technicians. They're available 24-7 for all of your plumbing needs. Just go to newworksplumbing.com, N-E-W-W-R-X-Plumbing.com. Well, the Masters is in the books, and it's overseas now, the green jacket. What a phenomenal four-day tournament for Hideki Matsuyama. He was brilliant, almost lost it on a Sunday, coming down the stretch, but Xander Shoffley's triple on 16 gave him enough cushion, and Matsuyama gets the green jacket. But what was interesting throughout the Masters beginning on Thursday was the coverage and the talk about Tiger Woods. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is very often on this podcast and on my rants, I talk about double standards and how it just seems like we're all treated differently based on status, sometimes based on ethnicity, and I can go on and on. Well, I want to read a column or part of it from Phil Mushnick of the New York Post. Because I found it to be very, very interesting. And I'm going to read a couple of paragraphs. Phil started off his column by saying, show of hands, how many of you are stupid? I mean, by the Brooklyn Bridge, stupid. By now, one would think it's time for TV to cut it out. Instead, it remains tethered to the notion that its audiences are predominated by the gullible and unworldly. Thus, all audiences are to be treated like suckers, and not one network chooses to distinguish itself as the one that considers its viewers as worthy of better 
smarter. So who's stupid? Even those who wouldn't recognize a con if it were sold with multiple fill-in-the-blank certificates of authenticity now know that this 25-year anointment of Tiger Woods as a saint on earth was a media con. Again, it wasn't enough that he was the world's best golfer. He additionally had to be the best son, best husband, best father, and finest human being. But if that had been you instead of Woods, the one who unimpeded at almost double the speed limit, rolled his SUV off the road, you'd have been charged with a pile of negligent driving charges. Even while hospitalized, and before your blood results returned. But certified sheriff's department ignorance was granted him. How could any credible law enforcement have not known or chosen to ignore Wood's previous 2017 passed out drugged driving conviction? Woods was the celebrity beneficiary of intentional official negligence from the moment his SUV finally stopped rolling. Yet CBS's shared telecast on ESPN on Thursday unplugged live Masters coverage for a lengthy, hallowed homage to Woods, still at the top of humanity's leaderboard. Woods' absence was noted by ESPN Masters host Scott Van Pelt, the reason unspoken. Tiger knows that the competitors here are thinking about him, he preached. He then threw it to Curtis Strange who recalled Wood's master's accomplishments, specifically heading into the waiting arms of his family, as if he were the first and only master's or hopscotch champ to be greeted by loved ones. Van Pelt went on and said this, it was impossible to miss a young man hugging his father in 97, and that man, now a father, hugging his children in the very same spot. Ah. Woods, now on at least Two self-inflicted occasions, a third was when he crashed his car while on the prescription sedative Ambien after that fight with his now ex-wife, is lucky to be alive. Lucky his kids still have a father. Lucky to have not caused serious injury or death to the children of other parents. Had he taken someone's life, he could have been charged with vehicular manslaughter and his serial infidelity that inspired his then-wife to go after him with a golf club? Shh. For him to still be sainted on the national telecast of a major as a gift from above was designed to be swallowed by the tiny fraction of fools still available to be fooled. That's supposed to be all of us. Again. And it's nauseating. Again. You know, I read that. On Sunday, before the final round, and it really hit me because I was thinking the same thing when I was watching the coverage beginning on Thursday. And if you were to Google Tiger Woods' name right now, you know what you would see? You would see stories about Tiger reaching out and congratulating Hideki Matsuyama for winning the Masters. That's what you see right now if you Google Tiger Woods. And it is unbelievable, all right? Again, I'm looking at the headlines right now. I just Googled it while I'm doing my podcast, Yahoo Sports. Tiger Woods, 
Golf World congratulate Hideki Matsuyama after historic Masters win. New York Post, Hideki Matsuyama, the Tiger Woods of Japan, overcame so much Masters pressure. Fox News, Tiger Woods congratulates Hideki Matsuyama on Masters victory. I can go on and on. Golf Week, making Japan proud. Tiger Woods congratulates blah, 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 blah. Golf.com, headline. What Tiger Woods said to Hideki Matsuyama after his Masters win. Sports Illustrated. Making Japan proud. Tiger Woods congratulates Hideki Matsuyama on the Masters win. It's unbelievable. And I got to tell you, I think Phil Mushnick is spot on here. Once again, double standards, right? Yeah, we all, well, I shouldn't say we all, I'm generalizing. A lot of us are infatuated with what Tiger Woods has done on the golf course. He is a polarizing figure. He makes golf for many worth watching. The ratings have proven that when Tiger Woods is not in a golf field, the ratings suffer and suffer considerably. And so I get it. I absolutely get it. But as Phil Mushnick said, why anoint Tiger and put him on that type of a pedestal? And I love what he said about had that been you or me, charges would have been forthcoming before they got the results back from the lab on our blood work. There's a lot of truth to that, isn't there? Double standards, how we turn our head, why we are giving Tiger Woods a pass here. We are, aren't we? I mean, what if that had been a different athlete? What if that had been a different celebrity? Throw out any name you want. Would the narrative be different? Well, you know the answer to that question just like I do. It really is unbelievable. You know, we saw it during the Super Bowl on CBS. Andy Reid, a beloved figure, the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. And we know about the troubles with his sons and the tragedy in his family. And three days before the Super Bowl, his son and assistant coach Britt Reid, who, by the way, yesterday was finally charged with a DUI felony as a five-year-old girl is left with permanent brain damage and was in a coma for weeks. And the Super Bowl, on Sunday, three days after the accident that Reed allegedly caused, did not even talk about it until there were three minutes left in a blowout game. Why is that? Why wasn't that talked about on the pregame show? Why wasn't that discussed earlier in the Super Bowl telecast? I mean, it had to have an impact on Andy Reid coaching the game, did it not? I mean, after all, we're talking about a son. How could it not? What would have happened had the game been tied with three minutes left? Would there have been mention of what happened three days prior to the son of the head coach 
of the Kansas City Chiefs. I watched the other night when Barry Bonds got a standing ovation in San Francisco. Again, Barry Bonds still not in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds, who lied to the grand jury, who cheated, and everyone knows it. And San Francisco is the only stadium in America where Barry Bonds would get a standing ovation. But it's okay because in San Francisco, despite cheating and despite lying about it, he was able to hit home runs in the McCovey Cove. And he was able to give the fans their money worth. That's right. They got their money's worth, came in and game out. Didn't matter if he was cheating because you know why? He was cheating for my team. Didn't matter if he lied because he lied because, you know what? It's okay. That was my team he played for, so go ahead and lie all you want. Go ahead and cheat all you want. You better not do it for another team, but boy, if you're on my team, go ahead and cheat. No problem at all. And when you come back after you retire, we're going to love you. We're going to praise you. We're going to wrap our arms around you. We are going to give you a standing ovation every single time we see you. It's unbelievable to me, the double standards and how we look at certain individuals. But maybe we should do a little more examination. Maybe we should really think about why Tiger Woods, who once again, according to the police report that just came out before the Masters, was doing nearly double the speed limit. And yet, that's just not a story. Not on the Masters, it's not. Let's not talk about it. Uh Uh-uh. Let's not even mention it. It's unbelievable. Hey, here's a question. Is there anyone outside of Brooklyn rooting for the Nets? They got blown out the other night by the Lakers. No AD. No LeBron. No, anyway, I mean, basically half the team wasn't playing. Did not matter. They destroyed Brooklyn. And I'm going to talk more about this on my rant. But last night, the Nets played Minnesota. Or they were supposed to play Minnesota. I'm recording this before the game starts. And there's some uh, talk about because of the police shooting once again in that city, whether the game was going to be played or not. So understand that as I'm recording this podcast, that game still has not tipped off. So I don't know if it was going to be postponed or not. But here's the point. And again, I'm going to do more on my rant on this. Uh, has to do with Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. But seriously, you had James Harden, who did everything in his power to get out of Houston, acted as poorly as you can be as a professional athlete, $40 million a year, dumping on the city, the team, teammates, coach, acted as unprofessionally as you can, and ends up in Brooklyn. Right. You got Durant, who, you know, gets into a a Twitter feud with Michael Rappaport. And I'm not saying bury the guy from that. I'm just saying this has all been in the news lately. That's the point I'm trying to make. Okay, And if you even take that and put it on the back burner, you got Kevin Durant, who's the most sensitive athlete, I think, in this country right now. I mean, the guy has the thinnest of skins. He just can't handle anything that's negative or critical or anything that's even remotely negative about the guy, right? So you have Irving, 
I'm going to play tonight. I'm not going to play tomorrow. You've got Durant, Mr. Sensitive, and you have James Harden who quit, absolutely quit on the city of Houston, the Houston organization, and his teammates. So I'm going to ask you again, is there anyone outside of Brooklyn rooting for the Nets? All right, the NFL draft is coming up in a couple of weeks, and I have two players I want to talk about. Because we saw what happened with Sam Darnold getting traded from the Jets to Carolina. Most people have Zach Wilson, the BYU quarterback, going to the Jets in the upcoming NFL draft. But I want to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo because we know that the 49ers are taking a quarterback at number three. All right, they didn't give away the farm to take an offensive tackle or a wide receiver or you get the point. So will there be a move made before the draft involving Jimmy Garoppolo? Because if that is the case, then whoever you draft is going to get the keys to the car in day one. As a 49ers fan, are you okay with that? That's number one. Number two, if you're an NFL team right now and you're not enamored with your quarterback, would you want Jimmy G on your team? And let's not even talk about what you would have to give up. Let's just assume that you could get a deal similar to what Carolina did, all right, where you're not giving up a lot. And, you know, again, just throwing a kind of just for sake of conversation here. Would you want Jimmy G as the quarterback of your team? I mean, if you're the Bears, would you not rather have him than Andy Dalton? New England's already looks like they're out of the picture, but would you not rather have him right now than what you saw from Cam Newton last year? If you're Denver, would you want Jimmy G as your quarterback? And I can go on and mention a couple of other teams. Keep your eye on that. And here's somebody else that I keep on hearing about. Odell Beckham Jr. of the Cleveland Browns. Will he be made available? And for the detractors out there that say, that's crazy, you can't trade the guy, my, my response is, why the hell not? Why can't you? Did the Cleveland Browns miss Beckham when he got hurt? Nope. They got better, did they not? Baker Mayfield played the best football of his career, did he not? The Cleveland Browns offense moved up and down the field. They didn't miss Beckham at all. Not only did they not miss Odell Beckham, the numbers and your eyes would tell you that they got better offensively. So I don't understand these people that say you cannot trade Beckham. Why the hell not? Sure, you can trade him. You've already proven that you can play very well without the guy. And if you can trade Odell Beckham, trade him. I don't, uh, to me, it's an absolute no-brainer. Plus, he's been getting hurt a lot. And, you know, the last time I looked, you cannot help your football team if you're hurt. Now, I'm not saying he's getting hurt on purpose. That's not the point I'm making. But, I mean, you got to look at that. Now, I don't understand these people that say, oh, you know, if you're the Browns, you can't trade Beckham. Why the hell not? Sure, you can trade him. Absolutely, you can trade Odell Beckham. And if I'm the Browns, I would trade him. All right, something else I wanted to talk about on the podcast today. If you've been with me through episode one, first of all, I thank you. I appreciate your support. And you've heard me do a lot of interviews. And I've also talked about some of my experiences since moving out of California to Florida. And the one thing I have said over and over again is how refreshing it is 
because I really haven't had this in my adult life, and I'm not saying it any other than any other reason than it's true. If I'm in Sacramento, I can't really meet a stranger and just start having a conversation from scratch because generally speaking, that individual knows who I am. They've seen me on TV, blah, blah, blah. I've been through that before. But in Florida, when I meet somebody, they don't know who I am. They don't know what I did for a living. They don't know anything about me. I want to talk about this. I met recently a 31-year-old and his 10-year-old son. And his son already is a standout prized athlete, all right, at age 10. And his father, I met here where I live, and I had met him and his son the night before. He was up, uh, or here, say up, I keep on forgetting, I'm, it's down where I'm, I'm at the South Florida. And so I met him down here on a Friday night, and he was here doing work. And so I was at an event that he was working at, and I had talked to his son the night before, great kid, really good. And he's being raised by his dad's single parent, and his dad's doing a phenomenal job. You know how you can just talk to a, a young girl or a young boy and just the way they greet you and the way they look at you and the way they communicate with you. And and I, I felt like I was almost talking to an adult when I was talking to this 10-year-old. Just everything about him, I was so just like, wow. So anyway, his father the next night was busy working and there were a lot of people around and I had gotten to know Patrick Jr. And uh, it was getting a little bit late. I said, are you hungry? <clears throat> and he said, yeah, no, I'm okay. And I go, no, are you, would you like something to eat? He said, yeah, I, I actually am hungry. I said, all right, let's get you something to eat. So we're at this restaurant and I'm sitting outside and I start talking to this 10 year old boy and he lives in Tampa and we just started talking about his love for sports. He plays football. He's on the track team. And again, he's a standout athlete already at age 10. And I asked him about friends and he said, well, I have one best friend. Well, he, and then he said, he stopped me. He goes, well, I have two best friends. I said, really? You have two best friends? He said, yes, my friend who I go to school with and my dad, they're my two best friends. And I go, wow, that's great. He said, yeah, I became the best friend of my, my friend when his dad was shot and killed. And I'm like, your friend's father was shot and died? And he said, yes. And he said, and so I became his best friend. And he was, I was just like, wow. Like, I, I, I can't even begin to tell you to have a 10-year-old tell me that. And he said, and my dad is my best friend. And I don't know what I would ever do if my dad was shot and killed. And I said, your dad's not going to be shot. Your dad's going to be fine. I said, you know, your dad... Is just, he loves you so much. He loves taking care of you. And, you know, I was trying to just be an adult to a young boy. And he said, but, but when he said, yeah, I don't know what would ever happen if my dad was shot and killed. And he was talking about his best friend. Just amazing when you just meet people and you just listen. But this coming from a 10-year-old boy. 
Then just recently, I met a gentleman, former U.S. Marine, and started talking about his business now that he does. He is in the uh, security business, takes care of people. He guards very important figures, and he's built up an unbelievably successful business. Uh, Did two tours of duty in Afghanistan and Iraq. And we were talking, and he's African-American, and we were talking about a variety of things, and we got on the subject of discrimination. And I asked him, point blank, I said, have you had anything bad happen to you from law enforcement? We talked about a couple of things. He said, yeah, actually, I, I have. And he said, because we, we were talking about how disenchanted we are with this country right now. And that, that's what led up to me getting into this type of conversation. We were talking about the problems that we see. We talked about, you know, the, the problems we see in politics. And he and his father voted for different candidates in the presidential election. And we were talking about that. And he was being very forthcoming about the conversation that he had with his dad. And he was like, Dad, how could you vote? That way. And, you know, we, so th- this is the type of conversation that we were having. And so Isaiah and I are talking, and he told me that he was driving through the streets of Los Angeles. He lives in Southern California, and he was in an SUV, and he got pulled over. And four cops had him get out of the, or came up to the SUV and had him get out of the SUV. And he said, and he didn't know what was going on. He had not yet heard about the uh, murder of George Floyd. And he was completely just startled, taken back. He immediately told the officers he had a weapon in the glove compartment. And they got very rough with him. He said, hey, I've got a permit for it. I'm I'm allowed to carry. And he said, after a couple of minutes, he recognized one of the cops. And he said, hey, so-and-so, it's me, Isaiah. Don't you, you know, blah, blah, blah. A couple of minutes later, they let him go. He told me, this is somebody that served two tours of duty in the Marines. Before I even asked him this conversation or asked him these questions, He was talking about how patriotic he was, how much he loved the country, how much it was an honor and a privilege to serve. I mean, everything that you want to hear from somebody in the United States Armed Forces. I was just like, wow, you know, a Marine, just everything about that you think of was coming out of his mouth. But then after he told me that story, he said, I now am fully aware of the game within the game in this country. And he said that experience, that five-minute experience, has changed my entire outlook on this country. And I was just listening. I wasn't even speaking. I was listening to what he was saying. That somebody that was so devoted to this country, somebody that was willing to die for this country, that was willing to put his life on the line so that me and you and so many others could enjoy the freedom that we have. 
United States Marine. Two tours of duty. Proud to wear the American flag. Proud to be a U.S. Marine. Proud to be an American. And told me that this five-minute, five-minute incident with the police has had such a negative impact on his life and how he views this country that he is actually thinking about retiring in a few years and moving out of the country to go live abroad. And I was just like, wow. And the reason why I bring this up, I know this has nothing to do with sports, but this podcast is not just 100% about sports. I've told you it's about entertainment. I've had really good guests on that I've been very blessed to have. We have good interaction. But I've always, I said from day one, we're going to try to figure out if we can make this country better. What have you done to make your community better? How can we educate ourselves more? And I've said, and I've, I've had other guests come on and say the same thing. I talked about Mike Lamb and the impact that going to USC had on him and how he said, you know, you need to break bread with someone that doesn't look like you, doesn't speak like you, blah, blah, blah. And I've done that. But I've been able to do that because nobody knows me here. And I used to listen. I used to go out with people of different ethnicities all the time in California. I mean, I spent my life in a league that was 85% African-American. We used to hang out all the time. We used to be on planes, buses, hotels. We used to go out, you know, back in the 80s and the 90s. I mean, Gary Gerald and I were talking about this the other day. We used to be at the Tisdale's house, and the players used to be over for Thanksgiving and Christmas, and we used to hang out. And holidays were not just like you and – no, it was like the team, and we would be at functions. And, like, that's how I grew up in professional sports. And I was so happy that Gary Gerald was able to talk about that the other day. But, you know, when I was over at the Tisdale's house, all right, or I was with, you know, Spud Webb or others – You know, we didn't really sit there and talk about racial inequality or we didn't talk about racial discrimination. We didn't talk about things that may have happened to them in their life that have had a profound and or negative. We didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about a profound or negative impact or we we, we were talking about just just chatting about sports or what have you. And so, yeah, I've had a lot of lot of uh, encounters and a lot of meals and just, and you know, we've talked about some heavy stuff. Don't get me wrong. We're not always talking about, you know, icing on the cake stuff. We get into the cake sometimes, but not like I've done here in Miami. And again, I go back to the fact it's so much easier to have a conversation with people here because nobody knows who I am. And trust me, it makes a big difference. But I want to talk about those two stories on the podcast today with Patrick Jr., a 10-year-old boy, and then a 40-year-old U.S. Marine and a five-minute incident that has completely changed his outlook on this country. And I was just like, wow. Again, all I can say to that is wow. And how fortunate and how blessed I've been to meet so many fascinating people of different walks of life here where I live, and I attribute mostly the fact that I'm just like everybody else down here. Nobody knows who I am. And I've said it once, and I've said it twice, and I'm going to say it again. I miss 
I miss announcing NBA basketball. I miss a lot of things about doing my radio show. I miss a lot of things about not being around my boys and my friends who are far away. But the one thing I love and the one thing that has been unbelievable are the real heart-to-heart, down-to-earth, great conversations with people that started out as strangers that now I consider friends. And that, folks, has been phenomenal. Before we get to the Q&A, thanks to Crowd Ultra, I want to talk to you about AdLoad Technologies. It is a brand new, innovative way to advertise your company. Now, it utilizes LED digital displays, and you know what? It's pretty remarkable. It's embedded in the back of semi-trailers. So your message will always flow with traffic. It will capture the attention of consumers in high-traffic areas. It looks phenomenal. And additionally... Uh, AdLoad can provide the comprehensive and intelligent reporting. It gives you accurate impression counts and exposure so you can analyze your marketing strategy for the long term. Think about that. I mean, your advertisement on the back of a semi-trailer with LED digital displays, it looks awesome. For more information, just go to AdLoad, A-D-L-O-A-D, AdLoadTechnologies.com. That's AdLoadTechnologies.com. All right, let's talk about Crowd Ultra's Q&A. If you want to ask me a question right here on my podcast, very simple to do. You got to just go to CrowdUltra.com. Again, it takes a moment to sign up. And just maybe I will answer your question right here on my podcast. And I got to tell you, I've been getting some phenomenal questions lately, and I thank all of you. Uh, I've been seeing some new names of people that have uh, started asking me questions, and it's great. I really appreciate that. All right, let's get going on Crowd Ultra. Julian wants to know, what's your favorite 30 for 30 doc? Well, my favorite is the one that never was released. It was called Down in the Valley by Jason Hare, the director, uh, involving the efforts of grassroots and everyone else in Sacramento uh, to keep the Kings And I got a chance to see it a couple of times, and a very few people did as well. But other than that, I would have to say the 30 for 30. Speaking of Jason Hare, who directed uh, The Last Dance, I thought that was absolutely uh, phenomenal. So I would would go with that. All right, Sam wants to know, could Justin Fields be the best quarterback in the draft? Yeah, absolutely. Of course he could. I mean, some people think he will be. I mean, the one thing we know is they're not all going to be good. And the reason why I say that is you go back and look at past drafts. There will be a team that thinks that they've got their franchise quarterback and it will end up being a mistake. So, yeah, but he could be. Absolutely. All right, let's move along. Trevor wants to know, does two NFL players murdering people in the same week point to CTE? It could. Uh, I know that in one of the uh, cases, the brain has been donated to science and we'll find out. Uh, Very... Very alarming. And CTE, we know this, all right? And we're learning a lot more about this. Uh, It is a very frightening situation. And it is a very frightening side effect in some players from multiple concussions. Josh wants to know, could you please give us a quick Masters recap? Sure, Josh. I would say, compared to recent Masters, I thought it was very disappointing due to the lack of what I would call a star-studded leaderboard, 
I think particularly with Jordan Spieth falling out of it yesterday for the most part, uh, I think he was the one name that could have really kept the attention. Uh, you know, Hideki Matsuyama, his, what he did after the delay on Saturday was incredible. But, yeah, I mean, I, I guess if I'm looking at this, I would, I would say it was kind of lackluster in my opinion. That's how I look at it. It was kind of uh, lackluster. All right, let's move along and get to some more questions. Ryan wants to know, have you seen ESPN's NBA 25 under 25 list? I don't think the people that do that list know anything about basketball or watch a lot of basketball. I'll leave it at that. Dylan wants to know, do you think A-Rod brought the T-Wolves out of interest or as a business move? I think both. I mean, I think business is number one. The question is, is he going to try to move that team out of Minneapolis if the Board of Governors votes him as an owner? I hope not. Tim wants to know, do you agree with Draymond saying young NBA players lack competitive spirit? I, I didn't read the entire story here with Draymond Green. I would say some NBA players. I think you have to be very careful about generalizing because there are some young NBA players that come in with tremendous competitive spirit. So I think you have to be very careful about uh, generalizing. All right, let's get to Kyle. Are you surprised the Clippers are the best three-point volume shooting team in NBA history this season? I'm not surprised because the game continues to move farther and farther away from the basket. Three-point shooting is now a part of the game. And I, I wasn't even aware of that, Kyle. But it, the way the game's played now, these type of, I guess, I want to say records, but phenomenons, they don't really surprise me. It's it's bombs away in the NBA. It's bombs away in the NBA. Sean wants to know, do the Mets have the best starting rotation? Well, that's debatable. It's right up there. The, the problem is, especially with like Jake DeGrom, I mean, no one hits for him. Jacob DeGrom, I mean, Jesus, have you seen? I mean, the guy goes out and throws gems and no, the, the team can't hit. And speaking of can't hit, the Mets have one of the worst run-producing teams in baseball. I mean, it's really early, so I wouldn't, like, get paranoid and nervous if you're a Mets fan. But boy, oh boy, they just can't score. They cannot score at all. Uh, Charlie wants to know, do you believe there's any possibility that Trevor Lawrence doesn't turn out as a top-tier quarterback? Yeah, of course. There's no guarantee when a college player comes into the NFL. And if you're going to say top-tier you know, top tier to me means top five. Yeah, of course I could see that being the case where he never gets to be a top five quarterback in the NFL. Brad wants to know, with two slurs on social platforms in the past month, why don't these pro players make better PR decisions? Well, first of all, that has nothing to do with it. I mean, when you say better PR decision, they're not thinking about PR. They're not thinking about anything. And... You're talking, I think, about Myers Leonard and Carlton Davis, Myers of the then Miami Heat and Carlton of the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, and, and I, I did a rant on this, and I believe them because I had this conversation with some strangers myself. I believe that they did not know the true definition of the word that they were using. So I can't condemn them for that. Yeah, I could say, you know, maybe racially uneducated or uneducated or but I can't like you know say gee they should never play again and yeah it's hurt them it's hurt their 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 careers in the case of Myers Leonard he's not even playing he's not even on a team now he's hurt but I mean he's not even on a team currently so I think you phrased that wrong I think you you need to 
asked the question differently. Brian wants to know, did I watch any of the UFC on ABC? I do not watch the UFC. I'm just not a fan of it. I'm sorry. I, I'm just not. Bryce wants to know, can the Bills afford to pay Josh Allen what he'll need to be paid? Well, they can't afford not to pay him. So it's really, to me, a very easy decision. Duncan wants to know, did you catch China warning the U.S. about boycott in the Winter Olympics in February? I did. And the U.S. basically, through the White House and other platforms, have said they're not talking about boycotting. I did see the warning. And again, politics and sports, and you know how much I hate that. The Winter Olympics are 10 months away. As we sit here in April, I don't think there's going to be a boycott. I, I really don't. But a lot of things can change between now and February. Thanks very much, CrowdUltra.com. Sign up. Takes a minute for your Q&A. It's time for rant, rant, rant. Today's rant is brought to you by Manscaped. Spring has sprung, and Manscaped has the best tools to get you ready. Hey, have you heard about their Weed Whacker? This nose and ear hair trimmer provides amazing technology. It helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. That's right. The proprietary skin-safe technology is absolutely awesome. And the premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor. It's powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Manscaped, they do it all. And speaking of incredible hygiene, Manscaped has formulations to keep you fresh and ready for everything that comes your way. The Crop Preserver, the Crop Reviver, they're both awesome. And speaking of smelling fresh, complete your grooming game this spring with the new refined cologne signature sent by Manscaped. It is awesome. Hey, smell good, feel good this spring. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code NAPES, N-A-P-E-S, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code NAPES, N-A-P-E-S, at manscaped.com. It's spring cleaning, baby, and your balls will thank you. Well, earlier in this podcast, I was talking about how I had a rant coming up on Kyrie Irving because he wasn't going to play in the game with... Brooklyn and Minnesota, and I told you when I was recording this earlier that the game might be postponed, and last night's game was postponed, but that doesn't affect my rant because for the third time this year, Kyrie Irving is missing games due to personal reasons. Seven in January, three last month, and he wasn't going to play in last night's game. Now, when I, when I say this, I want you to understand where I am coming from. I am not wishing any ill will or harm on any of Kyrie Irving's loved ones. But I'm actually hoping something is seriously wrong with somebody in his family. Does that make sense? And the reason why I say that is this guy needs a freaking excuse. All right? Personal reasons don't fly with me unless it is a dire emergency when you're a professional athlete. I, I had this conversation with the G-Man on my last podcast. We don't miss games, all right? Athletes, you have so many means at your disposal to take care of your family and other matters. And if it is a dire emergency, yes, leave the team. But seven games in January, three games last month, wasn't going to play in a game last night, last night, and I've talked about this for months now. I've talked about this for a long time. If you are a member of the Nets, if you are a fan of the Nets, can you really count on Kyrie Irving? Can you count on Kyrie Irving to be there when you need him 
in the playoffs? Or is he just going to leave the team for personal reasons? I do not get that. It's unbelievable to me. It really is unbelievable. Here's something else that's unbelievable. He and Dennis Schroeder of the Lakers got ejected for the first time in their careers Saturday night, right? Did you see what Kyrie Irving put out on social media? The N-word is a derogatory racial slur. It will never be a term of endearment, reclaimed, flipped, then in capital letters. letters. Never forget its foul and true history. Throw that N-word out the window right alongside all of those other racist words used to describe my people. We are not slaves or ends. You know what, Kyrie? 100% spot on. Absolutely spot on. Why did he put that out on social media? Because apparently, Dennis Schroeder of the Lakers, in their heated exchange used the N-word. How about that? Why is that not being talked about more? Is it because it was one black player to another black parent? Why would that matter? Like, are we, are we trying for equality or not? Are we trying to put things in the forefront or not? Are we not talking about the NBA who's trying to make a stand and being out in the forefront of social justice and everything else? Why is this not being talked about more? Kyrie Irving put it on social media, basically saying that Dennis Schroeder called him the N-word. All right? Again, I'm not going to read the tweet again. I just did. Called it a derogatory racial slur. And yet, just like the theme of this whole podcast, double standards. Just not, no problem. It was a black person to a black person. So you know what? We're going to let it slide. But it's okay if Montrez Harrell, as he's running down the court, calls Luka Doncic bitch-ass white boy. That's okay. You know? I mean, no problem. Let's not talk about that. But this, I, 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 I'm at a loss for words here, folks. I, I really am. And as far as Kyrie Irving goes, as I conclude my rant, Again, if you are a member of the Nets, how the hell can you count on him? I don't think you can. And that's my rant for today, and that's my podcast. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you listening. And on Friday, the great Will Clark. Looking forward to that. Make it a good one, folks. Thank you so much for listening. If you don't like that, with Grant Napier. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.